okay? Christmas is a special time of year for kids, so I have two things about kids for you. Not about Christmas, but about kids, okay? A good friend was waiting nearby while his young son prayed silently before going to bed, and suddenly the boy burst out laughing. Reggie scolded his father, why are you laughing during prayer? And he says, but dad, you told me that prayer is like talking to God as a friend, and I just told him a joke. Our teacher asked, what's my favorite animal? And I said, fried chicken. She told me I'm not funny, but she couldn't have been right because everyone else laughed. My parents told me to always tell the truth. I did. Fried chicken is my favorite animal. I told my dad what happened. He said, my teacher is probably a member of PETA. That's people for... Yes. He said, they love animals very much. I do too, especially chicken. Anyways, my teacher sent me to the principal's office. I told him what happened, and he laughed too. Then he told me not to do it again. The next day in class, my teacher asked me, what's my favorite animal? I told her it's chicken. She asked me why, so I told her it's because you can make them into fried chicken. <laughs> she sent me back to the principal's office. He laughed, and he told me not to do it again. I don't understand. My parents taught me to be honest. My teacher doesn't like it when I am. Today, my teacher asked me to tell her what famous person I admired most. I told her Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Guess where I am now? Now I'll make my prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, help us to come apart from the cares of the world. Father, your word tells us that laughter is like a medicine. And Father, help us, Lord, always to be able to laugh and no matter what condition we're in. But Father, right now, help us also to always be abounding with thanksgiving. And I pray you work in our hearts now. Help us to come apart from the world. Help us to direct our minds, to, Father, to the preaching of your word. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, help us to come apart before we fall apart. And Father, help us to have the blessing, Father, of a grateful, joyful heart. Work in our midst and we'll give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory in all things. And I ask now, Father, take control of my mind and my mouth, the actions of my hands and feet, and may it be to your glory, to our Savior's glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, like I said, Wednesday night, I just quoted one verse in finishing, and we still were over because there were so many testimonies about Thanksgiving and what God had done in people's lives. And they were thankful for maybe what God had brought them through, what God had shown them, what God is doing in their lives right now. And so I finished with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you turn there, we're going to start the message with that, and we're going to finish the message with that. How's that? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. In verse 18, in everything. How many things? Everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I said, the title of the message is How to Abound with Thanksgiving. Psalm 100. I was counseling with someone last night. Uh, spent some time. I've got to meet with them again today. I've had a lot of counseling appointments. And I want you to understand, I announced last Sunday that at the annual business meeting, I will be stepping down and retiring as the senior pastor. I'm not quitting ministering in the church. Um, I'd like it to be by a vote of the church. You don't have to vote on me. If you vote on Pastor Kenny as the senior pastor, then he gets to choose me. Okay, but it's just certain things, and I talked about it last week. I'm not going to reiterate everything I said last week, but at the annual business meeting, we were going to have a, a vote of the church, and you know, the recommendation of the deacons and your pastor, we recommend that uh, you promote Pastor Kinney to the senior position of the senior pastor of the church. And uh, God just, uh, you know, there's certain things because of my health and different things I'm not able to continue to do, but he keeps opening the doors, and one thing I will do is continue to counsel with people, I'll preach when he wants me to. Uh, I won't retire completely. 
and I'll be serving underneath him as long as that's the way the vote goes with that. And I, I said I would love to see the church be a 100% behind Pastor Kinney in that. Uh, it's very important that a church has a continuation of ministry. And so many churches, they bring in an outside man as a new pastor, and things change. And I don't know how many of you remember, it broke my heart when I heard this, that uh, we had Brother Tom Benson at First Bible Baptist Church there in Connecticut. He came here, he had gone through a building program just a, a year or two ahead of us, and I had brought him in to preach to our people to prepare them for our building program. Well, he started having heart problems, and he had nobody on his staff to take the position, and eventually he had to retire, and they called a new pastor. The first thing the new pastor did was take the church contemporary. The next thing he did is he changed its name. And I was just told, now that's a brand new building, bigger than this, balconies, they had more people, balconies and uh, beautiful choir loft and all the thing all the way around, uh, beautiful um, fellowship hall in the basement area and in the rooms and nursery and stuff. That church is closed. It's closed. They shut the doors. That ministry died. And I tell you, I always want to be proactive. And I've watched pastors wait too long. Okay? And then their, their ministries suffer. And the churches suffer. And they hang on just because they want to do that. And they're not thinking of the sheep. And I want you to know, always, always think of you. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord in all the lands, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Now I was waiting for Andrew to say amen on that. I gave him a moment, he didn't take it. <laughs> know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Thankfulness. One of the earmarks that should be of a saved person is that they are thankful in all things. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you can't truly be thankful. You're going to have the attitude of the world. And that is, I never have enough. I want, always want more. I need to take care of me first. I need to love myself most so that I can learn to love other people. And that doesn't happen. Okay. Christians ought to be thankful. If you're here this morning and you're saved... We're going to talk about how to abound with thanksgiving. And it says, A bit of praise is one of the best ways of dispelling a dark mood. I knew a man who lost his speech during the war. It was a case of shell shock. One Sunday evening, he was at a religious service in which the 100th Psalm, the Psalm of Praise, was quoted. Forgetting his loss of speech, the veteran began to praise God for his goodness. His speech had come back to him. When we bless God for mercies, we prolong them. When we bless God for miseries, we usually end them. Praise is the honey of life which a devout heart extracts from every bloom of providence and grace. One more. Praise changes things. Praise changes you. Try it. A song of praise in prison of gloom or depression can open its doors. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. The one thing I remember so much, the last, one of the last things I remember about Phyllis Demarest. Was she a perfect Christian? No. Did she struggle in her Christian life at times? Yes. When she had terminal cancer and she went through so many years of it because it ate two vertebrae out of her spine. They took a, base, a softball-sized tumor out of her spine and they put rods in her back from her shoulders to her hips. And she used to come to, start coming to church in a wheelchair when she could come. And if she continued to get worse, and she'd go get treatments for the cancer. 
she'd be singing hymns and people would ask her, why are you so happy? And she says, because I have Jesus in my heart, don't you? And she led some of those cancer patients getting treatment to the Lord. When we did her funeral, her oncologist, her surgeon, some of the nurses from the cancer center, and some of those people showed up. I think it was close to being the largest service ever held in Emmanuel, over 215 people in that building. You know what she used to deal with her pain? Horrible pain every day? Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. She chose to listen to music about Jesus Christ, about heaven, about salvation, about how God is so good, no matter what she went through. See, no, no, that's not a phony. Jesus is always good. Jesus is always right. I'm a sunshine person. That's phony. That's not what she did. She knew what she was going through. She kept a heart of thanksgiving. A heart of thanksgiving. Do you have one this morning? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. Look back at our text, opening text, Colossians chapter 2. I won't read from verse 1, but in verse 6, it says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, have you? Amen. If you're not saved, you need to be saved. Because you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. You're either saved or you're lost. You're either a child of God or the Word says, the Scriptures say you're a child of the devil. It's one or the other. That's what God's Word says, not my words. You don't believe me? Ask Pastor Kenny after the service. As ye have received, Jesus, have received Christ Jesus as the Lord, so walk ye in Him. The Christian life is a walk in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And it says in verse 7, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein, what? Abounding in the faith in your walk with thanksgiving. Now, you, do you know the history of why we celebrate thanksgiving? Do you know how many of the original pilgrims died and didn't make it? Do you know the story of how God providentially provided for them when they were unprepared to face what they had come into? Many of our children in the public schools today have no idea what Thanksgiving is about. It's Turkey Day. That's like Independence Day is the 4th of July. No, it's Independence Day. Do they know? Do you tell them? Do you take time to be thankful before your kids? Be thankful before your spouse? Be thankful before a lost world? Be thankful before your neighbors, your co-workers, other students? Do they see a heart that's thankful? If you've got nothing but salvation, and you've got more than anybody else who's lost has in this world, don't lose that. Understand that. It says there in verse 7, verse 6 says, walk in Him, that's in Christ Jesus. And then it says, rooted. Rooted. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Starting at verse 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? 
I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the... So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. See, because he's talking about, I have planted, okay, is he a wise master builder laying the foundation? He says, I have planted. What did he do? He planted the seed of salvation. A willing witness, a warning of the wrath to come. The foundation. And another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, that is laid, which is, Christ, is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon him foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. And you'll go on and continue with that. Alright? You understand? Goes on to the judgment seat of Christ. One of the ways you build God's building is with a foundation stone of a grateful heart. A thankful heart. The devil wants you to dwell on the worst. Don't you know, one reason that texting can be a problem, that so many of the media, electronic media, is because you're typing something out and no one can read your heart, they can't see your face, they can't see your expression, they can't hear the tone of your voice. And you know what people do many times? They take it to its worst connotation, not to its best. Because that's the way the world is. My son is a nationally award-winning investigative reporter. You know what he's taught me as I look at that thing? You can condition what people think by the words that you use to describe the news that you were covering. Look at the way things are covered for our present president and look at the way they were covered for our former president, just to give you an idea. So when all there is with is words and the heart, which is must be there, can't be felt, the world teaches go to the worst connotation because the devil is a liar and the father of it. Man, I was counseling with, they said he's a destroyer. He's the tempter. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the God of this world. So they follow their God. He's the prince and power of the air. He's the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. And he wants to rob a thankful heart. He wants to rob you of it. Your foundation, you need to be rooted in Christ Jesus. Go to Colossians chapter 1, just a page over from our text. Or in my Bible, the same page. Just same opening, I should say. Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile what? All things unto Himself. Does God want all to be saved? For God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. By Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. In you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by, the wicked, by wicked works, Yet now hath He reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. Do you realize what that means? For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. That's what God does. 
Eternally, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now, temporally, on a day-to-day basis. What does he see? If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Rooted in him that leads us to the, the next passage. But I want you to go now to Ephesians chapter 3. I told you, I want you to hear from the Holy Spirit. Who gives us the Word? Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 16. It says that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be what? Rooted and grounded in what? The first song, you can say, oh, that was just some charismatic thing. It doesn't make any difference to me. All right, The first song that I learned from my friend who led me to the Lord, Dan Demarest, was they'll know our, we are Christians by our love. See, you can love somebody even if you don't like them. Am I right, wives? Hey! There's times, you know, my wife loves me to death. No, my wife loves me. There's times she's looked at me and she says, well, I don't like you much today. Okay? See, liking has to do with how you feel. Loving has to do with the choice of the will. You choose to love. If you love them in the Lord, you love them long enough, you know what's going to follow? Your emotions will follow your choice. Your heart will be grounded in the right place. Grounded. Rooted. And grounded in love. It needs to be there. Um, Finally got Rochester Gas and Electric to approve and to hook up electrical power to Mike and Carla's house. First contacted them the end of April. I've got to go put more sand in the dish before I finish backfilling it. The transformer is there. Pastor Kenny is giving me the stuff. I'm going to put an outlet in the, their utility room where all the stuff, because they're doing geothermal when they can, and there's going to be a room for that, and the inside panel is there. Okay, I'm going to put that. But it's interesting. Nowadays, for more safety in the home, they're saying you can't use a regular breaker. You can't even just use a ground fault breaker. You have to use an arc fault breaker. What's the difference? One costs $3 and one costs $33. Okay? But the big thing is with the grounding. And the inspector had to check it. And then when Rajini came, I had to ground the conduit that's buried almost four feet in the ground, I had the driver, I should say, Ben and I had to drive a ground rod three feet from the pole and run a ground wire over to make sure that that conduit was grounded because the voltage coming down the pole and coming to the transformer is high voltage. It's not 220.110. They drove a ground rod at the transformer to make sure okay and now the power came to the house and pastor Caleb and I drove two ground rods six feet apart to ground the outside power pack that's just a fancy name for the meter trough with a space for some extra breakers underneath it with a 200 amp breaker on the outside they're doing that now to make it's so fire departments and other people can come and they can turn off the power outside before they don't have to come inside and get injured. But the big thing is, you notice I kept talking about what? Ground rods. Do you know that the wire coming from the panel to the outside, coming to the inside, there can't be a ground rod on the inside. 
It's an isolated ground from the ground outside. And the importance is to take any spurious power and a lightning strike and take it to ground to protect your building. It says we are to be grounded. Once the ground has been established according to the National Electrical Code, the whims of the electrical inspector in our G&E, you don't ground it again. They all want to be, because the high voltage, the transformer, and the grounding at the house needs to be the same. So it's one ground. There's ground rods in their places. It's one ground. You know why? Because you can't be grounded to multiple sources. That's why it's not grounded in the house. You separate the grounds from the neutral. You understand that electrical? We do. Because you know what can happen? When you have more than one ground and you're not grounded in the right thing, you can get a voltage signal and it's called ground above ground. So you think electricians don't know anything? I know ground above ground. You know what it can do? It can ruin your computer. It can ruin other things in your house. It can give you a shock when you're not prepared to do so. So you need only one grounding source. And they made sure the ground outside his house was the source. It wasn't his plumbing like they used to do. Because when you're grounded, you need one source. You can't serve God and mammon. It says grounded. Rooted and grounded. I love that. It's in love. In one place, we're going to look at other ones. In verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 3, it's rooted and grounded in love. We saw grounded in the faith. So it's not just love, it's in the faith. But it's the same source. Because faith cometh by and hearing by the Word of God. God is love. He's the source of your Christian love. He is the source of your Christian faith. Rooted and grounded in Him. It's compared against what the world gives you. Okay? What the world gives you. Now, in verse 19 of Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to go in a minute. Let me see here. Verse 18 and 19 says, We're rooted and grounded in love that we may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which path is knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Go back to our opening text. Colossians chapter 2. It says, Rooted and built up in Him. Built up in Him. To be rooted properly, you've got to be grounded. To build, you've got to have the right foundation. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of 
and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. You know, I find it interesting, you know, it says no longer foreigners, no longer strangers, but fellow citizens. Do you notice that even in English-speaking countries, people don't talk the same language? Isn't it interesting that when man thought they could take over and could build a tower unto God, God sent them confusion of the languages to hold back what they might be able to do? So in France, they speak French. In Germany, they speak German. In Russian, they speak Russian or Syriac, the Slavic. All right? In India, they speak Telugu, Hindi, English, Kerala. There's about 17 different dialects from that country where you come from. In Africa, I don't speak Swahili, I don't speak African languages, I don't speak Spanish. You know, Mexicans don't speak classical Spanish. They speak Mexican Spanish. South Americans don't speak Spanish. They speak South American Spanish or they speak Portuguese, which is Mexican Spanish on steroids. And they have to try to get along. And they sound similar, but a lot of times the words don't mean the same. But when any one of those people come to Jesus Christ, they can speak God's language of love. It can be founded in their faith. You know, what is the single largest spoken language on the face of this earth today? What do you think it is? English. You know why? Because His Word has gone out into all the world and missionaries took it. If it's not the primary language, it is the primary second language of people all around this world. It is the language of commerce. Unfortunately. So the world wants to know it. And it's the language that a believer can reach to others with love. Do you speak the Christian language? Do you? Colossians chapter 1. Excuse me, Colossians chapter 2. It says, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, how many people you know they got saved and then they never bothered to continue to read their Bible? They didn't get into a Bible-believing church. The person who led them to the Lord didn't endeavor to try to disciple them. We had a Christianity in America for years that went around and they counted heads. I got this person to pray and this person to pray and this person to pray and this person to pray. And I don't judge whether they're saved or lost if they truly got saved. Oh, because they couldn't have been... Hey. I know this, Christians who've been saved for a long time, been in Bible-believing churches, run into something in their life and they haven't been continued to be built up in the Lord and they fall away. You would never know they're different than the worst of the, of the unsaved. But they didn't give these people in America an opportunity to be built up and established. That's what the church is for. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the what? Work of the ministry. For the edification, the building up of the body of Christ. The body of Christ. 
It goes on there and it says, established in the faith. As ye have been taught, so someone helped you. Are you helping those you witness to? Built up, established. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children. See, they got grounding. I used to get grounded as a kid. And it came from one source. And it could be a revolting experience. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning and the craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in may grow up, see? Built up, grow up in Him in all things which is ahead, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together. You don't think you fit. God says you fit. You have a part. Compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Every part. When you don't think you have a part, God says, you're not listening to me. I've got a part for you maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in what? Love. See, established. Built up. If you do that, you will not have a problem being thankful to your God. To your God. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Casting all your... Because He careth for you. We lose our grounding when we carry the weight of that signal and don't let God have it. You know what? A thankful heart will be a humble heart. Be a humble heart. You'll be thankful for what you do have and not struggling with what you don't have. When this passing world is done, when has sunk yon glorious sun, when we stand with Christ in glory, looking o'er life's finished story, then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe. When I stand before the throne, dressed in beauty, not my own, when I see Thee as Thou art, love Thee with unsinning heart, then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe. E'en on earth, as through a glass, darkly let Thy glory pass. Make forgiveness feel so sweet. Make thy spirit's help so meet. Even on earth, Lord, make me to know something of how much I owe. Chosen not for good in me, wakened up from wrath to flee, hidden in the Savior's side, by the Spirit sanctified. Teach me, Lord, on earth to show, by my love, how much I owe. How much I owe. James chapter 5 and verse 13 says this, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21, it says, Be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Right? Speaking to yourself, sin hymns, and spiritual songs.
turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Not quite the end. I know you're looking for it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 16 again. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks for this is what? The will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The will of God is thankfulness. A thankful heart. Isn't that amazing? David was a Negro preacher, a leper, and a patient in the National Leprosy Sanatorium in Carville, Louisiana. He was crippled, deformed, and blind, yet he was cheerful and thankful. He sang hymns of praise and greatly inspired other sufferers. The note of thanksgiving was dominant in his prayers. An old-fashioned radio was brought to him. He turned it on and off with his lips because his fingers were useless. How blessed we are, no matter what our condition may be, if we have a grateful heart. And we spend a lot of time being disappointed because it wasn't the way we thought it ought to be. How to abound with thanksgiving? Be rooted and grounded in love. Be grounded in the faith. Built up in the faith. Established in your relationships. And in everything, give thanks. Give thanks. You'll abound with thanksgiving. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts will be established. Now, problems if you're not thankful. Won't be on them as long. It's very easy to see them. Turn to Colossians chapter 2 again. He gives us that passage 1 through 7 telling us about being Abounding therein with thanksgiving because we are saved. Because we're rooted in Him. We are grounded properly to Him alone. We're established in our faith. Abounding with thanksgiving. And if you're not thankful, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Vain deceit, you know, vain means useless, empty, News time, when we say that a person is vain, you're talking that person stuck on themselves, right? And if they're stuck on themselves, they're use, useless. Through vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. If you're not abounding with thanksgiving, you're not rooted in that love, in the faith founded on God's Word, eventually the world's philosophy will start seeping in. And you spend more time thinking about that than you do about what God says. More thinking about how someone's done something to you than how you can help them grow in the Lord. How you get caught up in so many other things and you lose sight of. If we hurt when a friend of ours passes, is it because ultimately we know we didn't witness to them the way we ought that they might have come to Christ? If you truly love them, you're going to tell them. world's philosophy will get you. It'll get you. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Again. 
Verse 14 again. That henceforth we be no more children. See? You can be rooted in Christ. you got your salvation. But you're not grounded properly. You're not built up properly. You're not abounding with thanksgiving. That ye henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every what? By the slight of men, the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in all things, which is, is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together. Why? Edifying itself in love. You know what the good thing about prayer is? When you pray enough about other people and you see God answer a prayer, you start believing that God's going to answer your prayer. When you don't abound with thanksgiving, you're going to be tossed to and fro. You're going to get caught with spurious doctrines. That's false teaching. It'll draw your heart away. In America today, they preach more prosperity gospel than any other thing. And they don't want to preach about hell. And they make heaven something that you don't even have to be saved to go to. That gets preached. And it makes money. And it makes people feel good here for a little while. And so they hit those problems. So they hit that loss. So they start suffering. And the truth comes by and they say, this is of no value. Please stand. Gee, preacher, how can you take a message on Thanksgiving and make me feel so bad? Couple questions this morning. Are you saved? Rooted in Christ Jesus? How's your ground rod? Are you trying to pick a grounding up from multiple sources? Gotta have only one. Only one source. Are you thankful this morning? Had someone asked me this week, you can't tell me that you thank God for 27 separate surgeries. And I said, not when it started, but when I got my heart to the place, I say, okay, Lord, you've got me here for a reason. Help me to witness to the person in the bed next to me. I've seen people saved in a hospital bed because I was there. And it wasn't me that saved them. And it wasn't me who planned it. And it wasn't me who wanted it. But it was God who used it. And I can thank Him for that every time. Every time. Looked at somebody yesterday. And they said, how's your day? And I said, any day I wake up, is a good day. Okay? And then when I can get my legs moving, it's a better day. And when no one else is home but my wife and there's a big piece of apple pie left, it becomes a real good day. How's your ground, Rod? Are you thankful in all things? When your loved one knows Christ, if they're taken from you, they've gone to a far better place, a far better country. You can be thankful. Grieve your loss, but be thankful. When problems arise in your life, Many times it's our own sin that causes it. Sometimes it's because God allows it. 
I was reading again in the Gospel of John again this week. And they asked Jesus about the man born blind. He was born blind so Jesus could heal him later. They asked him why he didn't come to Lazarus' tomb when he was sick. And Lazarus died and was in the tomb four days so that Jesus' glory could be seen. Are you thankful? Thou hast given so much to me, give one thing more, a grateful heart. Not thankful when it pleaseth me, as if thy blessing had spare days. But such a heart whose pulse may be thy praise. As believers, can we have a heart that abounds in thanksgiving? As we look at what happens in our country, do you know what God's doing? He's making hearts fearful so they'll be ready to hear of the hope that lieth within you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. And Father, help us as we are admonished in so many places. Pastor Kinney preached on thankfulness Sunday night. Lord, people gave testimonies of what you brought them through on Wednesday night. As a church family, as individuals, as me, help me to always be thankful in each and everything. Father, for the blessings that come in disguise of hurt, help us to have a grateful, loving, thankful heart. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.